0: To Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work.
1: Hello, ladies. So glad to be back again with Deeply Rooted Devos. I'm here with my friend Carrie Fellows, and we have a special guest today, Linda Seabrook. And let me just tell you a little about Linda. Linda is the director of women's ministries at Redemption Bible Chapel in London, Ontario. Her greatest joys are teaching the Bible, which I look forward to your Devo this morning, Linda, and encouraging other women by the spoken and written word, and also hanging out with her two daughters and her two adorable grandchildren. She is definitely a family girl, and Linda is the author of a book called Out from Under the Table, Finding God in the Midst of Loss. She also blogs weekly at www.lindasebrook.com And we will put that link in our description of this video. So welcome, Linda. So glad to have you here with us.
0: Thank you so much, Martha and Carrie. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I just want to start out with a little story. A couple of weeks ago, as I took my morning drive to work, I stopped at a red light and I randomly looked over at the car beside me. I've probably done this many times before just to see the person beside me staring blankly ahead or having a conversation with someone or singing along to music. But this time, the young woman in the car was actually wiping tears from her cheeks and checking herself in the mirror. In that moment, I really had the inclination to try to just catch her attention, to smile, maybe wave, um, just to help her realize that someone saw her pain. Maybe she'd be able to face the day with just a little more courage. But just as quickly as we stopped, you know, the light turned green, the woman drove off in another direction, and that was it. And I really, you know, thought, I wondered what those tears were all about, Because you know, just like that woman, we all know what it's like to shed tears, don't we? Because at times life can be really hard and really painful. And the reality is that suffering is something that our culture really tries to avoid at all costs. It's true for all of us, like who wants to struggle? Who wants to be in pain? We want relief from our pain as quickly as possible. We want resolutions from our problems sooner than later. And when I grew up, I, you know, I grew up in the church. I went to Bible college, but it really wasn't until quite later in my life when I found myself in the midst of a lot of pain that I started to ask myself a lot of questions about suffering and its purpose in the believer's life because I hadn't thought about it a lot. And obviously, I really didn't understand it. But the Bible, especially the epistles and the writings of the Apostle Paul and Peter and James, they tell us over and over that suffering is part of the Christian life. So for a Christian, it's really important to have a proper perspective on our struggles. And in order to have that, we need to have a proper theology of suffering. And you may ask, well, what do you mean by that? Well, why do we suffer? Well, it's because of sin. First of all, we suffer because we live in a sin-cursed world. So things like wars or famine, um, sickness, natural disaster, ultimately death. That's because we live in a sin-cursed world. And then second, we we suffer because of the sins of others. We all know the impact of someone else's sin on our lives, don't we? And then third, we suffer because of our own sin. So The good news is that if we're believers, God does not punish us for our sin. Scripture tells us there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but he does discipline his children. And sometimes our suffering is even just the consequences of our sinful choices. But, you know, there's a lot of scripture that talks about suffering and its purposes in our lives. And also there's a lot of scripture that talks about how God comes alongside of us in our suffering
1: that is great Linda you know all the points you've mentioned about suffering and I was looking at some scripture about suffering in the Psalms and in Psalm 31 it says I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction and I love that that God whatever the reason whether it's because I sinned or because Someone else is sinning against me. God sees that affliction. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for all the scriptures um, throughout God's word that
0: remind us that even in the worst of times, he is with us. But I think first Peter is probably the go-to book of the Bible when it comes to navigating our way through trials. The theme is all about suffering. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, suffering comes with being a believer. Scripture tells us it can't be avoided. In fact, it's actually part of God's plan for our lives. But I think the first time I really experienced this feeling of, I just cannot go on was in 2004. I had been in ministry for many years with the man who I was then married to, but one day without a lot of warning, he told me that he was leaving the faith and he was leaving our family. And at this point in time, the bottom of my life truly felt like it fell out Um, I was left with two young daughters to basically parent alone, and the community that we'd been a part of and that we loved so much suddenly just seemed ripped away from us. But you know, since then, I've heard so many stories of women who have faced those moments in their lives, many worse than, than mine was. And if we're believers in Christ, if we truly live by what we say that we believe, Those moments are really also a defining time for us. Will we resolve to believe that the word of God is true for us right here, right now? Will we resolve to truly believe that God is enough for us and moving closer to him than ever before? Will we resolve to trust and obey him even when we just cannot see one step ahead of us? So we can recall so many stories in the Old and New Testaments about, you know, learning about God, how he's always been present in the lives of his children and how he's always been faithful to his promises. And that was really something I needed to claim for myself during some of those darkest days. And it's something I still cling to, you know, in the ups and downs of my life even now, um, Four months after my husband left, my children and I found ourselves back in the city where I'd grown up just to be closer to family. So this meant a new house, a new community, new school for the girls, soon a new job for me. And I remember that first night in our home after our movers had left and some of the boxes were unpacked and my daughters were in bed. And I found myself trying to go to sleep. And I thought, wow, this is my new normal. And I was I was just so full of many different emotions. I was full of fear and uncertainty, but also anger, just loneliness and this deep sense of loss and wondering how I got to where I was and what tomorrow was going to hold for me. And then that is when God just gave me this scripture. Um, he just brought these words to my mind, Psalm 48, in peace, I will lie. I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So in those moments, I was reminded of this, when I feel afraid and weak, God gives his courage and strength and his safety, his protection over me. When I really feel tempted to let my emotions take over, he gives me his good gifts of mercy and grace in my time of need. When I feel forsaken, he gives a promise that there's nothing that can separate me from his love. When I feel sorrowful, he gives comfort. When I feel empty, he fills me up with himself. When I feel lost, he gives a purpose for living. When I feel hopeless, he not only gives hope, but he is the hope. And these are all the promises of God that we can lean into when we're at the worst moments of our lives going to say something to the effect of when things aren't stressful when things are going along smoothly there's a part of me that's going oh no oh no because god's promises exactly just that he wants to grow you and sharpen you and and bring you closer to him through your trials so that you will lean on him and in our hardships we may ask why why is this happening why is god allowed this into my life And I like that Peter gives the answer. He says the result or effect or outcome of our trials is that it produces genuine faith in our lives, which will give praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If we can praise and give glory to God in the midst of the worst moments in our lives, then although this world can bring its heartache and its sorrows and lost and lost, well, first of all, we know that we can trust God who rules and reigns over all the universe, but he also cares about all the details of our individual lives, as he's working all things together for good towards the culmination of his plan of redemption. And then second, we can look ahead with hope to the day when he comes again and makes everything right. We can look ahead with hope to a guaranteed eternity with Christ. When all the pain of the world's replaced for eternal joy, when everything that seems wrong in our life fades away. It will finally fade away in light of eternal life with Jesus. So I just want to finish with these few words. I wrote a little book. You mentioned it at the beginning, mainly a memoir of some of the lessons I've been learning along the way. And in this last chapter of the book, I wrote this. No matter the situation or how bleak the future looks, our stories can be redeemed. It doesn't necessarily mean everything is put back together. Many of us live with the pain of what we hope for or what actually happened. It doesn't mean a finality to our struggles. There are always wounds and scars that remind us of our past, of our past and intricately shape who we are. And although at some point we move on, we all know that things are never quite the same. In some instances like mine, they may look radically different. Our lives take us to new places, new people, even new ventures if God allows. And even in the midst of new blessings, there is sometimes a whisper in the depths of our soul that reminds us that this is not how it was supposed to be. But most of all, God's redeeming plan for my story has meant a new heart. The ability to trust even when I cannot see my way through another hour. The willingness to forgive even when the offenses of others have changed the course of my life. The desire to view life through the lens of God even when I don't completely understand what I see. I can still live a full life through the redeeming grace of Jesus because of who he is, what he has done, and what he still promises to do. My relationship with God assures me that this life is not all there is, and that gives me hope.
1: Thank you so much for that, Linda. And I would just say to our listeners and viewers, take heart, and the name of our podcast is Deeply Rooted. Take what Linda's say, saying, and if you're going through trials or in a time of happiness, stay deeply rooted in Jesus. Thanks for
0: joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeply rooted at Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.